So this year, we have a very, very unique uh, and wonderful um, halacha, which we're going to try to speak about. Uh, we had this opportunity also a little bit before Pesach, but now we can speak about it because it's actually gay around the world, and we mentioned this yesterday. Um, just one last, I just one last plug for those guys that haven't yet sent in a question for our question and answer session, which will be taking place by Ezra Hashem next week after Yom Tov. Please, please send in any questions. No question is out of bounds. Every question is in whatever nature it is. Don't be embarrassed. Names will not be mentioned. But Ezra Hashem and uh, send me an email aw at etrog.net.il. So please, the reason why I wanted an email is this way I can. Uh, print it out, put it in front of me, uh, so we can read it out, again, without your name, don't be embarrassed, don't worry, there'll be no names mentioned, unless you specifically ask, please mention my name, there will be no names, so don't worry, don't have to be embarrassed, you don't have to, just, nothing's out of bounds, here's your opportunity, guys are listening, guys are interested, I'm sure it'll be an interesting, uh, an interesting share, that one, one, two, depending on how many emails we get, okay, so, Beis Hashem, we are, um, Talking about Erev Tavshinin, and, and, and before we get to the introduction, we'll do an introduction to the introduction, and that will be, you know those guys that get up to speak, you know, they give like a 40-minute drasha. So that was the introduction. Now we start this, like, are you serious? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that's the famous story of the guy that gets up to speak by the chasana. He gets up to speak by the chasana. He goes on for, you know, you, you Israelis don't really know what I'm talking about. Even the Americans, not so much. An English thing to get up by a wedding and start giving a speech. As if it's like a, you know, Yarche Kala. Maybe it's the, I don't know, whatever. So a guy gets up, gives 35 minute drosha, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is 35 minutes of precious time. You can imagine the Kala's father's been saving up for this chasana and will be paying for this chasana for many years to come. And you got up and spoiled 35 minutes of that dancing time. Could you imagine? Anyway, a guy goes up to him and says, you know, that was a great schmooze. I really liked it. Oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. Thank you for telling me. I have a radio, he says. I would love for you to come and be, you know, a guest on my radio show. So the guy says, oh, that, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. I, I think. But he says, the only problem is it's radio, right? So we pay for every second. I only have a three and a half minute slot. Could you do that speech in three and a half minutes? He thinks so minutes. He says, I think I can actually. So, so why on earth did you not do that now at the wedding? But anyway, that's how it is. People like to talk. Al-Koponim, when it comes to the Akdoma to the Hakdoma, right? The introduction to the introduction. The halacha that we're dealing with is halacha that's negated to every single one of us. This Yontuf. And that is because of our unique uh, placement of the calendar this year. We've got Shabbos, uh, which is after Yontuf, or in the middle of Yontuf, depending on where you are. But we also, we have a Thursday night, which is a Friday Yontuf, followed by a Shabbos. Where if you're in Chutzlaret, that Shabbos is also Yontuf. If you're in Eretz Yisrael, it's only Shabbos. It doesn't really make a difference for these halachas, because there is an Issa to do hachona, to prepare from one day to another day. So even if there wasn't a Shabbos, even if there were just two days of Yontav, a Tuesday and a Wednesday, this Shaila, not that we're dealing with today, but the Shaila preparation still applies, which means you are never allowed to prepare from one day of Yontav to the next. You can't, for example, set the table on Yontav afternoon in preparation for that night's meal, because you're preparing for the next day Yontav. You can't, you know, start heating up the soup, which is why we know then on the second night Yontav, sometimes the food takes a long time to get heated up and the meal gets delayed for that reason. For the reason being that you cannot prepare. So the only time I can heat up my soup is on Yontav Shani itself, not on the first night. So, that's on a regular Yontav. You're not allowed to do Hachona from Yontav to Yontav. And of course, this year, you cannot do Hachona mi Yontav le Shabbos. You, you just can't do that. 
So obviously we're going to start with the question of how are we going to heat up our food. So if it's a yontav to yontav, so what's the big deal? You'll wait till nacht, whatever time that is. Once it's nacht, you'll then put the soup on the gas, or then put the food on the oven, you'll delay the meal a little bit, sing, schmooze, whatever it is, a few more divrei Torah, the chap in there, and then you'll eat, and it'll be okay, you'll manage, you'll, you'll be okay. But the problem is, this year we can't do that. This year we can't do that because the second day Yontav is Shabbos, which you can't heat up the soup and you can't put things in the oven. You can't do anything that involves cooking or heating things up, which are obviously also on Shabbos. So that leads us to a very specific question this year, and that is how are we meant to prepare for Shabbos this year? Cholent, for example, how are you meant to put that on? It's negated to many, many different Not only that, I'll give you another example. Uh, lighting Shabbos candles. When do you light Shabbos candles? Before Shabbos comes in. So you'll be lighting Shabbos candles this year. Again, obviously Erev Shabbos, which is Yontav. Friday afternoon this year, is this week, is going to be Yontav. If that's the case, so I'm allowed to light a candle, right? We spoke about this. You take the candle from one to the other. You didn't light a match. You don't strike a match because it's Yontav. Okay, I did all that. I got myself the tea light, the 24 hours or 48 hours on there. I stick the match right in the flame. I got myself the Yontav. No problem. But I'm lighting the candles. Why are you lighting the candles? For Shabbos. So you're preparing on Yontav for Shabbos? Big problems. So again, you know, this leads us to the question of what are we meant to do? And it is the gate to lots and lots of different cases. I mentioned, if you remember, in the Hilchus Yontav Sheh, about going to the mikvah from, you know, people that have a minute to go to mikvah on Erev Shabbos, are they allowed to go on Yontav, which is Erev Shabbos? But again, I'm doing as a preparation for, for then. So that, there's lots of different questions. But before we get to that, and we've got a lot to discuss with the halachas. I do want to, um, I do want to discuss a little bit of a hagdoma to understand what exactly is Erev Tavshin and where it comes from. Just to, um, a lot of what I'm saying today, uh, I apologize, I did cheat. I'm cheating, what can I do? But I'm telling you about it, so maybe it's not really called cheating. A lot of what I'm saying today comes from the Pokal Halacha series, Hilchos Erev Tavshin, and there should be no Jewish home without it, obviously. So I am going to be cheating a little bit, I hope you guys don't mind. But I want to give you a little bit of a, uh, introduction into what exactly is Erev Tavshilin. It's very, very interesting. Now, obviously, Erev Tavshilin is something that allows, it permits us to prepare from Yontav to Shabbos, which is going to allow us to put drinks in the fridge. You want to make sure that for the Friday night meal, you've got some cold drinks. When are you putting in them? You're putting in there when Shabbos comes in? That's no problem. You're putting in there on Yontav afternoon, on Friday afternoon, which is Erev Shabbos, but is Yontav, you are preparing from Yontav to Shabbos. So what an Erev Shilin in one line allows us to do, is allows us to cook from, or prepare, or do any action from Yontav to Shabbos. And again, it's negated to food, it's negated to carrying, it's negated to all sorts of situations which we will get to. There is, however, before we get to Allah, there's a Hagdama that I want to say, and that is the Gemara in Yuma Davchav Chasam base, where the Gemara in Yuma says a very interesting statement. And that is, it's B'Shem Rava, Rava comes along and tell us, tells us, that Avram Avinu, as we know, kept all of the Torah. Avram Avinu kept everything, even though the Torah actually wasn't given yet. There was no, you know, Kabbalah Sat Torah, there was no Shavuos, there was no Harsina at that point. Moshe Rabbeinu was long, you know, early, he wasn't even thought about at that time. He got Avram Avinu, says the Gemara in Yuma, Avram Avinu kept the entire Torah. That's what it is, right? Not only did he keep the entire Torah, he kept every Durabanon. What do Rabbanon did the Gemara pick as an example? Afilu Erev Tavshilin. Interesting, right? You could have picked any Durabanon in the world. You could have picked any Durabanon, and there's many Durabanons. And yet, Chazal tell us that Avram Avinu kept every Durabanon, even Erev Tavshilin. 
Why? Why Erev Tavshinin? Why? Rava brings it from a Pasuk. Okay, we're not going to go now into the whole Gemara to explain exactly what that is, but it's important for us to, to try to understand this. It'll give us a little bit of an insight into what is Erev Tavshinin before we get to the halachas of it. So, um, Rav Schwab, Rav Shemin Schwab Zatzal, in a Sefer, Ma'ayin Beis HaSheva, which is a beautiful Sefer Ala Torah, it has obviously a Sefer on Tefillah also, but the Sefer Ala Torah, Ma'ayin Beis HaSheva, brings down the following Pshat, very nice Pshat. He says that when Avram Avinu kept the whole Torah, he was, quote-unquote, preparing it for Klal Yisrael, who would eventually get it at Har Sinai. So when we got the Torah at Har Sinai, it was, there was already a Messiah. There was already a tradition because Avram Avinu had already kept it. Says Rav Schwab, a beautiful idea, that's the Pshat in Erev Tavshinin. What's Erev Tavshinin? It's a preparation. I do something on Erev Yontov to allow me so I can cook on Yontov for Shabbos because I already started. So that's the Pshat, says Rav Schwab. Avram Avinu kept the Torah because he wanted to show as if so when we get the Torah we just continue on Avram Avinu did and that's why Erev Tavshinin because that represents the same idea. Beautiful. I thought that's a very, very nice idea which I think you could say over at the Yontov table just to give a little bit of a, an insight into Erev Tavshinin. That's one idea. There is also a maral, the maral in Netzach Yisrael, um, Memvov, brings down as follows, he says, he brings a, obviously a little bit more of a deeper explanation, he says, Chazal tell us that Yontif is a tam, it's a taste of what will be when Mashiach comes, similar to what the Gemara in Bracha says, Nunzayin, that Shabbos is a 60th of Olam Haba. So Yontav is a taste to what, Olam, to what um, time when Mashiach will be here will look like. Therefore, in order for us to go into the, mon- you know, the mundane world that we live in, into the spirituality of Olam Haba, we have to have an intermediate stage. We have to have like a stage in between. This medium is the time of Mashiach, right? The time of Mashiach is the in-between stage between our regular mundane life and the time of Olam Haba. That time is Mashiach, okay? It's like not exactly so much is different, a lot of it is the same, but there's more Giddish, Shechina, V'chole, V'chole. Listen carefully, says the Maral, beautiful. Says the Maral, since the days of Mashiach, what, what, what are Klalis all going to look like? We're going to be much more spiritually focused than we are generally, meaning it will be a lot easier for us to do mitzvahs, and we won't be rewarded as much, obviously, because our uh, free will is not the same as it is. Therefore, this is such a beautiful idea, therefore you make an area of Tavshilin for Olam Haba by doing mitzvahs in this world so that we can continue doing them at the time of Mashiach and get our reward in Olam Haba. Beautiful idea. Beautiful idea. That's the morale. And then there's an Avnei Nezah. The Avnei Neza answers the question, and again, it seems that everybody asked the question, why again, for those that just joined us, does the Gemara in Yuma point out that Avram Avinu kept all of the Torah, even Erev Tavshin? Says the Avnei Neza, uh, I have another question, he says. He says, what is the reason why you're not even allowed to, to, to prepare from Yontav to Shabbos? What's the problem? What's the problem? Faket, he says, Shabbos is greater than Yontav. So if Shabbos is greater than Yontav, the Kedusha of Shabbos is greater than Yontav. So why can't I prepare from Yontav, which is Kal, lower, for Shabbos, which is higher? It should be allowed. Says the Avnei Neiz, and he brings a Mishnah in Nazir Perek Zayin, where the Mishnah in Nazir discusses uh, the priority between a Nazir and a Kohen Godel. In other words, if you have to take care of a Mace Mitzvah, who wins? 
Who has to go, who has to go along and do that mace mitzvah? Right, even though both of them are asa, but which one? So, a nazir or a coin godl is asa, obviously, as we know, to become Tom and Mace, he's not allowed. Uh, so which one, you have, bear, you, have a, you have a Mace Mitzvah in front of you. Somebody has to bury the Mace Mitzvah, what are you going to do? Right, what are you going to do? So it's again, so a choik is in the mission, and nazir dav, um, perik zayin, where Rabbi Leza paskins that the coin godl should do, go and do the Mace Mitzvah, because at the end of the day, his isa becoming Tom is not so severe, and Shittas Chachomim is to be Chaylik. And the Chachomim say that no, the Nozir should dafka do the Mace Mitzvah, the Kvura, because he becomes Tomei. Because at the end of the day, his Kedusha is not a permanent status. He made himself a Nozir for 30 days, for, for, for two months, for three months, for a year, whatever it is, but eventually it will go away, whereas a kind Godless Kedusha forever. So there's the different ways with Belez and Chachomim of how to look at that. Okay, why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? Says the Avne Neza and he brings a Ramban. When the Ramban explains that the Kedusha, right, there's a Kedusha of a person that accepts upon himself, remains with him forever, but the Kedusha that comes from above, from Shamayim, without doing anything, doesn't last forever. I hope you guys are with me. Lefi, what we're just saying now. The Kedusha of Yontif, which has, what's the Kedusha of Yontif? Who makes the Yont of Kodesh? Gemara Rosh Hashanah. Us. Klal Yisrael. We, 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 we say that bracha every single Yont of. Mekadesh Yisrael v'azmanim. Klal Yisrael are the ones that make uh, the Yont of Kodesh. We are Mekadesh the Yom. That means it's going to last forever. The Kedusha of Shabbos which is not us. We can't Makadish the Shabbos. The Rabbi Shalom is the main. We don't say Yisrael Makadish the Shabbos. Makadish Yisrael. You know, we don't say Yisrael Makadish. We don't. The Rabbi Shalom made that. Therefore, the Kedusha exists whether we like it or not. It's not going to last forever. Therefore, says the Avnei Nezah, just like the Machloikas in Nozze, of whether a Kohen Godel or a Nozze should be the one to matame himself for a Mace Mitzvah, and the Machloikas is based on the Shittas Rebelez and Chachomim, of saying whether or not the Kedusha is going to last forever or not. And it's something that came Mimela, or came through his own personal uh, the, 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 taking upon himself. Yontif is more Chomo than Shabbos. Because the Kedusha of Yontuf will last longer, and it lasts forever because it comes because of Klal Yisrael being Mikadish the Yontuf, and therefore makes it Kaddish. Mimele says the Avnei Neza, I hope you guys are with me. I went a little bit too deep, but then I didn't want to go. But says the Avnei Neza, now we can understand the Pshat why it's Osa. This was his first question before dealing with the question that we're discussing. Why is it Osa to prepare on Yontuf for Shabbos to begin with? Because Yontav, according to what he's saying, is actually more Kodesh than Shabbos. How can it be a day of preparation for Shabbos, which is lower than Kedusha? It's incredible. By the way, Lefizer, just Agav, we've gone completely off topic over here, but it's not really, because it's all the Avnei answering our question, right? <clears throat> a little bit of Ian over here. says, according to this, the Avnei explains Pshat, why, uh, in contrast to Havdolah, after, after Shabbos, um, in Havdalah, at the end of Yontav, we don't say a bracha on Besamim. What's the reason? Shabbos, yeah, Yontav, no. Why? Because the Kedusha of Yontav remains forever. There is no need to fill the void by the Neshama Yisera leaving, which there is by the end of Shabbos. Beautiful, beautiful Avnei Nezah. Okay, what's it going to do with us? The answer is, now we have another Pshat. This is, I think, Pshat number three in what's Pshat in Erev Shin and why the Gemara and Yuma Davchov Chesam and Olaf told us that Avraham Avinu can't get even this. This is the reason why. This is the reason, said the Abnei Nezah, why our Erev Shin is highlighted more than any other Mitzvah Durabonon. Because before Kabbalah Satoya, there was no concept 
of Kiddush HaChodesh. Right? There was no such thing as the Yom and Toivim were based upon the Basin coming on, saying B'Kudosh, B'Kudosh, if there was a new moon or whatever it was. It never worked that way. They were set by the Rabboni Shalom. Therefore, Rabbi Sai, I hope you, if, you, if you're not with me, I feel bad for you, rewind it, go look up the Sheikhat, it's unbelievable. According to this, Rabbi Sai, the Kedusha of Yantav before Matan Torah was not forever. Right? It was similar to Shabbos. Why? Because it came from the Rabbinic Shalom, whether they accepted or not. Shabbos in those days was therefore more homo than Yontuf. And there was no need for an Erev Tavshinin, because it would be mutter to prepare from Yontuf, which is less Kedusha, to Shabbos, which is more Kedusha. Chazal are telling us in the Gemara in Yuma that Avram Avinu was Gavaldic. Because even though there was no need for an Erev Tavshinim before Matan Torah, because the Kedusha of Yontav was more or less, and Shabbos was more, unlike what it is now, but Avram Avinu still did it. Even Erev Tavshinim, which he would have kept after Matan Torah, and therefore that's the reason why Chazal tell us. I don't know how many people were following what I just said from the Avnei Nezah, but that was, in my mind, absolute genius of the Avnei Nezah. But uh, you can just go with the chat of the uh, Rav Shemin Schwab or the uh, Maral, because they're all beautiful. That's the very, very truth. But let's discuss this now from a very practical level. Um, when it comes to Eret Avshin, right? So again, you can't prepare from Yom Tov to Shabbos. That leaves us with the problem of uh, this of this week. Now, what to do in that situation? What are we meant to do over here? So let's just talk about it on as, on, on as much as we possibly can. There's a Mishnah in Beit Zetazvav on the base where the Mishnah tells us that when Yom Tov falls on Erev Shabbos, you cannot cook on Yom Tov for Shabbos or before Yisha Mishnah. So what does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah gives us a couple of options. One of the options is you cook for Yontuf, right? You know, it's on Yontuf, you're allowed to cook, right? So I cook on Yontuf, and anything that's left over, no, so I'll eat that on Yontuf, I'll eat that on Shabbos. However, he says what you're allowed to do is you're allowed to make food for Shabbos before Yontuf, in order to be able to cook on Yontuf for Shabbos. That's an Erev so the Mishnah straight away tells us it's in Durabonon, obviously. The Shochanach brings in Tovkov Chavzayin Tzipalov. It's a mitzvah Durabonon to make an Erev Tavshinin. And as long as I cook before Yontav begins, then it's okay. Now, there's an obvious question of here which we, we just cannot get through because we're not going to get through all the halachas otherwise. And that was, there's an Isidoraisa to cook on Yontav for Shabbos. How on earth did Chazal, a Durabonon, come along and allow a Doraisa? You with me? It's an Isidoraisa that you cannot prepare from Yontav to Shabbos. So how did the Rabbonon come along and say, yeah, it's okay, if, as long as you do this. <laughs> very nice Eret of Shina, but it's an Isidoraisa. So uh, just very, very quickly, just for clarity's sake, we'll give you two answers. And again, it's, all this is in the Gemara. Rabbi comes along and says, Pshat, there's a, a Yisoyed called Hoyle. And a Lefi Doraisa, you're allowed to cook something on Yontav for a weekday, which could be eaten on Yontav itself. Chazal asked it. But they didn't allow, didn't ask for a person for cooking on Yom Tov for Shabbos when you use Erev Tavshin, that's called Hoyle. Hoyle could have been used. We'll discuss that. It has a very practical Halacha Lamaisa uh, outcome, by the way. Rav Chista is Hoyle that. Rav Chista comes along and he says, no, Doraisa, it's also to cook on Yom Tov for a weekday, even if you could have eaten the food on Yom Tov itself. However, Midoraisa, you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov for Shabbos because they have one Kedusha. Rashi explains what that means over there in the Gemara. We're not going to go to it at this moment of time. Chazal said you're not allowed to cook from Yontav to Shabbos because you might make a mistake and cook from Yontav for a weekday. Therefore, the Eret Tavshinim prevents that mistake. Right? Okay, this is called Tzorich Shabbos Nasim B'Yontav. That's the Sugi in the Gemara, which at this moment of time, we're not going to go to. But basically what it is, is when I make an Eret Tavshinim, I prepare, in other words, I started cooking for Shabbos before Yontav. That means tomorrow is Thursday. 
Tomorrow's Thursday. Thursday is Erev Yontav. I make an Erev Tavshinim, we'll discuss in a minute exactly what that means, and what, I, what am I doing with my Erev Tavshinim? I'm starting to cook for Shabbos on Thursday. Not on Friday, on Thursday. Once I start the process of cooking on Thursday, I'm no longer worried that when I cook on Friday, by putting on the cholent, by heating up the chicken soup, all these sorts of things, I'm not worried that I'm going to think about maybe, oh, maybe it's going to um, be, I'm going to cook from Yontov to Shabbos, because I made a hecka. I started the process already before Yontov, and therefore an okay. So, anyone that's planning to do any malacha has to do, has to make an Eir Tavshinin. Right? And people often make this mistake, and I get a lot of questions about this, you know. I'm not cooking anything. I'm not going to be cooking anything from Shabbat, which is very weird, because how are you having hot chicken soup? How are you having hot, you know, chicken with gravy, or meat with gravy? Or, or Seriously, you're not going to be cooking anything? You know, it's very unusual that this will happen. But let's say, if this is the case, a person is invited out, a young couple, for example, they're invited out every meal on Shabbos. Yontov, they're staying at home, Shabbos, they're going out to eat, for every meal. They're not, but one second, are you lighting Shabbos candles? Ah, I didn't realize. For any malacha, anything that you do as Yontov, for Shabbos, you will require an Erev In fact, some posts can even bring down that uh, a person should dafka, and um, a should dafka not finish off all his preparations for Shabbos before Yontov, and leave something to heat up on Yontov for Shabbos, so that he makes an Erev with a bracha according to all shitas. So that's a very important thing. But again, I, 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 don't, I don't imagine there's anyone here who's not having hot chicken soup on Friday night. And if you are, then I, I, I recommend that you look into your yichos to see whether or not what, where you really come from. Because we all know the Ramah, the end of seven Ration and Zayn that says over there, brings a shitas bala ma'or. And if a person eats cold food on Shabbos, I don't know, maybe we're choshish and apikoyos. Because, you know, how can a person eat cold sh- food on Shabbos, right? It's, it's, it's mamish. I remember when I was a bacha, I went to somebody to, for, to eat for a Shabbos, uh, Israeli, whatever, and, and, and they, they, Friday night they, they came out with milchiks. What can I tell you? They came out with milchiks. Hashem yurachim, my boy say. Milchiks on a Friday, Hashem yurachim. I'll come upon him, we don't have to check the yichos, but everyone's going to be eating something hot, and therefore you're always going to be heating something up. Heating something up is considered to be bishul. So you're always going to have bishul somewhere in your house. So you'll need an Erev Tavshinin in pretty much every situation that you are going to be in without any question whatsoever. Uh, possibly if you're a bocha in yeshiva halavai, halavai, halavai this question would be negated to us that if you're a bocha in yeshiva and you're sleeping in yeshiva and you're eating yeshiva's food and everything else so really you're not doing anything, I don't know, maybe you're going to the uh, mikvah, maybe you're lighting candles on behalf of the dira, that could be another shayla but generally, generally speaking you could be so much on the yeshiva's eruv that they will be making I'll have you in mind guys, what can I tell you I'll have you guys in mind, it's going to be very hard yontif. but anyway, what does the eruv of shinan actually allow us to do so, number one, food preparation. Any food preparation that is being done on Yom Tov Shabbos is going to be mutter. Baking, frying, cooking, toichin, boyer, schita, whatever. Anything that you're doing on Yom Tov for Shabbos, mutter. Carrying, as well, is also included. If you're carrying something, right, you want to carry your Shabbos seder, your Shabbos talus, I don't know, backwards, forwards, the machsa, this, that, and the other. Anything that's preparation from Shabbos to Yom, from Yom Tov to Shabbos is going to be mutter. Who had in washing dis- dishes? You want to wash the dishes, for example, in hot water on Yom Tov afternoon to use for tonight, Friday. Friday night's su'uda. So heating up uh, water for washing dishes is called shavala ha'nevesh, and that's mutter on yontov. But you're doing it for Shabbos. But if you have an Eretav Shilin, then you'll be allowed. And obviously lighting candles is for sure uh, no shayla with that whatsoever. Um, the same idea as well, any non-malacha, like folding clothing or tidying the room, rolling a safer Torah is a very nagaya one, you know, from one Kriya Satora to another Kriya Satora, you don't want to have be matriach the tzibur to 
you don't want to be trigged the tibur to wait for you, and therefore that will be okay to roll it with an Erev Tashinin in that case. Going to the mikvah, the post can discuss this one. The post can say, going to the mikvah on Erev Shabbos, which is Yontuf, I, you're preparing for Shabbos, um, and if you're preparing for Shabbos, then you're not allowed. The Territ says, no, because when you go to the Heiliger Mikvah, you're getting the Kedusha right now. And therefore, there's no problem whatsoever. And therefore, it's okay without any problem whatsoever. Now, what do we use as an Erev Tavshin? So I know that all you guys are going to say, what do you mean? We use a matzah and an egg. And you're absolutely right. But I do want to tell you, because it's important for you to know the halacha, is you, you need two things. You need both a cooked item and both a baked item. You need a cooked item to be able to cook, and you need a baked item to be able to bake. If you're missing one of them, you will not be able to do one of those actions. Right? So if you, if you forget the egg, for example, which is a cooked item, you won't be able to heat up the chicken soup, which is bishal. Okay? So you need both of those things. Now, really what you're meant to use, the best thing to use, is the most choshva thing to use, is something that's eaten, you could use anything, as long as it's eaten together with bread. The best thing to eat, would, the best thing to use, would probably be a nice piece of meat, a nice piece of fish, and... Um, uh, let's say a challah or something like that. So I've got a cooked and a baked item. The minigla maisa, which the Bishtabu already brings, is to use a boiled egg and a challah or a matzah. Very, being very careful that, by the way, you don't peel the egg. Because if you peel the egg, you have a problem of beitzah that's peeled overnight. And obviously that is problematic. And you cannot leave that overnight. So obviously make sure it's got the peel in there. And what you do is make sure you keep it fresh. Because if it becomes old on, on Yontu, if you have a problem. Again, it's a hidden mitzvah to use a piece of meat and a piece of fish as opposed to an egg, so if you've got a spare schnitzel or a spare piece of meat, wrap it up, use it as the Eret of Shinin, it's a hidden mitzvah, Shlach Kodesh brings it down, the Mishnah Brewer brings it, Sikot and Ches, that's a hidden mitzvah to use a piece of meat, you're even allowed to use something frozen, even though it's better to wait for it's defrosted, and you could use a bereka even as a, as a baked item, you could use a cake, you could use any mezonis, no problem whatsoever, even if the food isn't the hatchel that you yourself eat, it is okay, but as long as it's fully, fully cooked, that's a very, very important thing in that way. How large does it have to be? It has to be be a kezayis. If it's a kezayis, then you're okay. How do you make the Erev Tavshin? So you take the two foods, and you put them in your right hand, and then you make the bracha, right? Some say the Shem Yechud before, Asher Kedosh Hanu B'Mitzvah V'Tzivanu Al Mitzvah's Erev, and then you make the declaration, Bahadene Ruva, Yeishoro L'no L'Afuya L'Vashulei, O L'Atmune L'Adluke Shrago, O L'Sakono L'Meva Kol Tzorchonod M'Yoyim Atobo L'Shabosa, which basically in English is, right, even the, that through the cooked and baked item, of this Erev, it shall be permitted for us to bake, cook, and completely insulate hot foods like candles from an existing flame, transport outside the private domain, and make all of the necessary preparations for Yom Tov and Shabbos. According to this, the Maisa, again, the Shulchanag brings a person who should wash his hands before making the bracha. He should hold it in his right hand unless he has to hold them together, whatever it is. And he should have kavanah to be yod to the mitzvah of Eretoshin, which is a mitzvah drabana. And he must understand the text, which is why I translated it, because there's an Indian to understand exactly what you're saying. Now, if you're making Eretoshin, by the way, for your mother, or for your wife, Mitz Hashem, you should try to get your wife or your mother to be there, because she is going to be one generally doing all the preparations. So she doesn't have to be there, but it's good for her to be there. Uh, and it's good to be made ready before Shabbos. Make sure you remember to do that. Now, what do we do with the Erev Tavshinin? So, Be'etzem, on Friday afternoon, once you put on the chalant and you put on the chicken soup, and you put on all the food, and you've done that, you've done the lighting of the candles, you've done everything, you could basically eat the Erev Tavshinin, because you don't need it anymore, because it already allowed you to you, do the cooking for Shabbos, which I've done already. I've done the heating up. However... 
since it was done for one mitzvah, it's, uh, it's kedai for a person to use it again. And what we generally do is we use the matzah for Lecha Mishnah throughout all the Sudas of Shabbos, just to use them for Lecha Mishnah again and again and again. And then for Shalashidas, then we will eat the matzah and the egg, because again, a mitzvah was done with it, and therefore we try to do another mitzvah as well. So that's an important thing. It's not negated to us to discuss what happens if a person forgot, because in Mitzvah Shem, it's going to be not negated to anyone over here. Because um, hopefully the Rav in your city will make one just in case, but it only happens once that you're allowed to do that. But I want to mention one very important thing that people just don't know. When are you allowed to make the preparations for Shabbos if you make an Erev Tavshinin? So we said there are two reasons for Erev Tavshinin that allows, and that's the reason why I said you the reasons, that allows a person to cook on Yontuf for Shabbos. One reason we said why it's muta to do Purut preparation from Shabbos to Yontuf, um, for, for Shabbos on Yontuf, is because theoretically, Hoyle, Gemara tells us, Hoyle, since it could be used on Yontuf, itself, therefore they allow you to use it even for Shabbos. Therefore, any food that's cooked on Yontav for Shabbos should really be ready when Yontav comes in. Because theoretically, if guests come, you want to be able to serve them that food. And that's the whole Yusoyedim on Ganevom, the Rabbi the Mishbrusi Kotten Gimbal brings this down to Allah Chalamaisa. People don't know that. That although, yes, you are allowed to put on a Cholent mamish ten minutes before Shkia. This Yontif, now, Erev, you know, Erev Shabbos. But the Maisa, should, people should follow this halacha, because I, uh, people just don't know this, that since the whole reason of Erev Tavshinin allows you to cook on Yontif Shabbos, is that if guests would come, then what? Then I would be able to eat the food now. But it's not ready, so it doesn't really make sense. So the whole thing's out the window. So that's the reason why, even though, yes, you can theoretically do it all day, but, and this you should tell your parents, and you should tell your wives, and you should definitely tell them, that when you cook, make an Erev Shinin, all the cooking that you do, all the heating up, all the preparations, should be in a way that they're ready to be eaten and used on Yontav before Shabbos comes in. If that's not possible, then of course you can do them even right before, as long as you've got a blech and you've got all the halachas of Atmona and Shia Chazar Atmona. Okay, we went over time, I apologize, but that pretty much sums up the halachas of Erev Shinin.